Welcome to Software Security Chat Chat, episode 48, special RSA edition for February 16th, 2011, from the RSA conference at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. I'm here with Paul Ducklin from Sophos Australia. Welcome, Paul. Good day, Chester. And uh, we thought we would uh, just cover a couple brief security news items from the week and then talk a little bit about the show and what we're seeing and hearing from the people attending and coming to our booth and what we're seeing others uh, talking about here as well. Uh, first news item, I guess, uh, that was on the Naked Security site earlier today is that there's another Android Trojan making the rounds. Uh, it looks to me like, Paul, that, you know, you really need to follow the exact same practices with your Android, even though you don't need to jailbreak it, that you would with your iPhone. Or indeed, to be honest, Chester, with any PC, if you're just going to download stuff from an unknown, untrustworthy site and run it assuming that it does X, then don't be surprised if it also does Y, and Y is nasty, the classic Trojan horse. Exactly. I mean, the Android development platform is quite open. Anybody can write uh, both malicious and non-malicious code for it, so it's not surprising. Fortunately, we're not seeing Trojan applications making it onto the Android market at any regular pace. And we're also not seeing uh, you know, exploits and vulnerabilities being used against Android to compromise regular users that choose to stay within the walled garden of Google. On uh, other things going on around here, we're going to have a lot of chat at the booth about mobile security. Um, sounds like, you know, the cloud is kind of passing over us and uh, perhaps we're moving on to people focusing on the real problems that they're having. Uh, sunny weather ahead clearing later, I guess. Yet it, it seems that cloud and virtualization have sort of become one thing. People talk about them almost in the same breath. Um, but it does seem to be that what Gartner have called that trough of disillusionment does seem to be creeping in a little bit about the cloud. And many of the questions we get, people are, you know, maybe last year they would have asked, oh, cloud security, cloud security. This year it seems they're once again interested in security, you know, recognizing that it doesn't really matter where you are and what you're doing, you need to take that seriously. Yeah, quite a few of the folks I've talked to um, during after my presentations at our booth have been that a lot of folks are interested in what they can do uh, from a web perspective, not just to be blocking malware, but hopefully to help them control social media activity better. Um, we're seeing a lot of folks that are saying like, you know, they want to block Facebook, but they don't want to block LinkedIn, which I find a bit interesting and in that, it, you know, LinkedIn by no means is any more secure to a large degree, nor any other social media service. I guess it's just because Facebook is so large. Well, uh, I think the, the other issue with LinkedIn, of course, is that people generally share information that is m even more pertinent to social engineers. For example, information about where they've worked before, what jobs they've had, what successes and failures they've had. They sort of share stuff which, for a social engineer against the business that person might work for, is really gold. Uh, whereas on Facebook, a lot of people, you know, just learning to put a fairly casual amounts of information. Perhaps you could argue that LinkedIn is the more dangerous place to be for, for you know, from a business point of view. Yeah, I think it's. It, I don't think the average business that I've been talking to here is recognized that that's actually DLP. They think that they're worried about social media. They're not really thinking about it from a DLP perspective. But certainly, LinkedIn makes you think a lot more carefully about things like DLP or even you know with the HB Gary hack with the kinds of information you can get from people's LinkedIn profiles about them that might give you clues to their security questions or other things. It's funny you should mention that, Chester, because just a few moments ago, if you remember, we walked past their booth 
they have a booth at RSA, and there's, I think Graham wrote a story on Naked Security about how their booth had been replaced by, their staff at the booth had been replaced by a sign to say, oh sorry, we can't be here because we've suffered some kind of invasion and uh, data theft. Well, the interesting news is that it now appears that the sign has been stolen and the booth is completely empty. <laughs> yes, that's, that seems to be accurate. We uh, just wandered past it a few moments ago while we were walking here around on the expo floor and uh, it is, is very vacant. Um, I, I didn't hear whether uh, Greg Hoagland was actually going to be still presenting his speech, his keynote, uh, at RSA, but uh, aside well, from as, that... As mere exhibitors, as mere peons, I'm afraid we're not actually allowed into the conference sessions, so we have to learn about them second-hand. Although, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Rivest, uh, or is it... R Professor Rivest, I think Professor Rivest uh, came by the booth to speak with us today, which was quite nice. That was very nice. It was good to see him again. The R and RSA doesn't yep. get much better than that, Chester. No, that's about this. That's the top right there. And aside from that, um, what is this? Uh, you know, seeing a lot of vendors kind of creating terminology and trying to tell you that it's your problem. You're not going to say those words that we've been laughing about all morning, are you? But well, could you describe to me the hybrid cloud? Well. Chester, I've heard it many times because as you and I know well, the booth next door mentions it a lot. In fact, the first booth where I've heard a technical presentation given through the medium of song and dance. Uh, but I still have no idea what it means. Hybrid cloud. In fact, if any listeners know, perhaps they could write a comment on Naked Security to tell us. Yeah, or email tips. We would love to know about the hybrid cloud. Yeah. Um, also, the, uh, the, did you make it by the breaking point booth? Breaking, I think you mean tipping point. Oh no, apparently now there's a breaking point. Oh dear. So the tipping point is something you want to go beyond, I believe, because it's when stuff gets exciting and I presume the breaking point is something that you don't want to get to. Yeah, I guess they prevent you from going that one step too far. Uh, well, you'd hope so. Otherwise, next year their booth's going to be look a little bit like HB Gary's. <laughs> well, um, on that note, uh, the, I think the, the other thing that we've seen a lot of interest from people in the booth this year, uh, as far as the average IT people coming along, from my perspective and talking to the guys and our sales engineers here has been a lot of discussion around encryption. It's no longer people just doing it for compliance reasons. It sounds like a lot of people are taking email encryption quite seriously, file encryption quite seriously, and even some interest in using data, uh, doing database encryption. Yes. Uh, the other good sign for this year is that in, in, in months and years past, a lot of people seem to have given up on the idea of education. Oh, we'll never train our users, we'll never teach them, they'll never behave, they'll never learn, they'll, you know, we'll just rely on their technology and give away everything else, you know, sort of give up on it. It seems that that's absolutely changed and that's represented in the number of people who've been stopping by for our presentations, which aren't about the products at all. They're actually about things that, you know, you can do and that you can teach other people to do to make you safer online. So there seems to be a, a sort of an optimism that we can actually win the war, whereas a couple of years ago you would, you would have thought that it, everyone imagined that it was all over by the shouting. Well, one other story that we can cover before we wrap up, uh, since we're standing here in front of the IT security made in Germany booth that in the middle of the exposition floor, is uh, the Fraunhofer guys that had done the iPhone attack. Uh, basically, if you leave your iPhone unattended, being able to compromise it simply by jailbreaking it and stealing the data from it using the default root password. Uh, it looked like a pretty clever, a clever hack. Yes, it sort of suggests that the whole business of encryption on mobile phones, particularly on mobile phones which are kind of those sort of closed platforms with closed shops, is that there's still an awful lot that needs to come out in the wash there. In other words, that maybe entrusting corporate data to mobile phones is something you want to be even more cautious about than with laptops, not least because they're easier to lose and much easier to run away with if you're a thief. Great, thanks a lot for joining us, Paul. That concludes Sophos Security Chat Chat 48. 
For all of our podcasts, as usual, you can go to podcasts.sophos.com or you can subscribe to our RSS feed or iTunes. And until next time, stay secure. Stay secure.